Hello and welcome to The Pilgrim Soul, a podcast about the journey of faith in the world of today. I'm Sophia. I'm Juliana. I'm Adriana. And this is our inaugural episode, and we're so excited you're joining us. We thought we'd get started by introducing ourselves and explaining a little bit about why we named our podcast The Pilgrim Soul. So I'm Sofia Carozza. I am a student at the University of Cambridge, um, where I'm doing a PhD in neuroscience. So you'll hear about brains a bit on this podcast. Um, I study child development and particularly looking at kids who have suffered from abuse and neglect. Um, I've been living here for a couple years after I graduated from Notre Dame back in 2019. And I'm originally from Indiana, so I was a townie at Notre Dame. And Juliana and I are actually sisters. I'm Juliana Carrozza Cipolloni. I am currently in my last year of law school, and I live in California with my husband, who is a brilliant computer scientist. I also went to Notre Dame for undergrad and while Sophia and I overlapped there, everybody confused us for twins, which was really fun. It's true. I'm Adriana Lorenz, the non-sibling of the group. I also went to Notre Dame for undergrad and my graduate degree. Where I met Sophia, I finished a Master of Divinity in 2019, and we met while I was a graduate student there, and she was finishing her undergrad. I'm originally from Alaska. I went to Notre Dame as an undergrad, and afterwards I was in the Navy for four years and lived in San Diego and Seattle, and then got out of the Navy and went back to Notre Dame. And now my husband, my son, and my pre-born baby live in Boise, Idaho. My husband's from Oregon, and I'm from Alaska, so we really enjoy living back west with the mountains. Yeah, Adriana has a beautiful family. Uh, we joke that they look like the cover of an LLB magazine. <laughs> so it's very exciting for us to all be together over Zoom. Um, we're in three very different time zones. But, you know, with all of the technology changes that the pandemic has made possible and more available, we thought that this would be a great way to stay connected with each other and with friends and family far and wide. Yeah, I feel so grateful that Sophia invited me to be part of this podcast because I think the pandemic more than other life situations really illuminated for me even more just the need for community and sharing together the journey of faith. And we hope to just bring that conversation into the public sphere and invite everyone who's listening to also have those conversations locally and feel like they're having that conversation with us too. Absolutely. And we chose as our theme, the pilgrim's soul. Adriana, you mentioned that this is actually from a Yeats poem. Do you want to read that for our listeners? Yeah, I would love to. Um, yeah, this poem, when Sophia talked to me about the podcast, just came to mind. It's one I had read back in undergrad, but it's called When You Are Old. When you are old and gray and full of sleep and nodding by the fire, Take down this book and slowly read and dream of the soft look your eyes had once and of their shadows deep. How many loved your moments of glad grace and loved your beauty with love false or true. But one man loved the pilgrim soul in you and loved the sorrows of your changing face and bending down beside the glowing bars murmur a little sadly how love fled and paced upon the mountains overhead and hid his face amid a crowd of stars. 
Yeah. So the line that really struck out to me is, um, but one man loved the pilgrim soul in you. And I don't necessarily think this was Yates intention, but for me, that was always a provocation to consider who does love the pilgrim soul in me and who is um, inspiring me and pushing me forward. And what does it mean to be a pilgrim? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The companions that you have on your journey of pilgrimage are essential. Um, I think another thing that this poem really captures for me is how the journey calls you out of other things that could attract your attention. So Yeats mentions that many loved your moments of glad grace and loved your beauty with love false or true. So there are many things that can attract us or divert our attention. And while they may not be bad in and of themselves, they're not the essential. They're not the one thing that at the end of our lives and in eternal life will be uh, our fulfillment and our joy. I think those are some really beautiful points. And to build on what you were just saying, he talks about not just distractions, but also false loves, or at least loves that do not satisfy us because they're superficial. We want to be loved not just for our moments of glad grace and not for our beauty, but rather for who we are within. And we also long for a love that does not change and does not dissipate, but remains. You know, one man loved the pilgrim soul in you and loved the sorrows of your changing face. Doesn't that describe exactly what we want? We want to be known and we want to be loved for every part of us. Yeah, sorrow's not glamorous and neither is a changing face. A changing face. That's growing old, you know, but to be loved in that. As I've started to get wrinkles, that resonates. <laughs> so what are some other elements of pilgrimage, some other things that make up the journey that we're going on together? For me, friendship is really a profound theme of the journey um, and just the recognition that I'm not able to walk the journey alone. And that's made apparent to me like every single day in marriage and raising children and just the gratitude I have for a committed partner that sees the same goals as me and walks alongside me and fails with me or succeeds when I'm failing and vice versa. But also in the journey of faith, even for us as a married couple, seeing that we need friendships beyond each other to sustain our faith and a place where we gather in the church that it's not just enough for us to be entirely isolated. And so for me, yeah, I think friendship. Yeah, I love that. I think another important element is that, you know, one of the differences between a pilgrimage and just any other trip is the why, the meaning behind it all, that transforms the hard work and the suffering that you have to go through, that we all go through along the journey. It reminds you of your purpose and it gives you an ultimate end and meaning. Mm -hmm. I was thinking back to when I did the Camino de Santiago, so the pilgrimage that takes you through Spain to the tomb of St. James, um, I did this a number of years ago now, but one thing that remains clearly in my mind is 
all the little blue signs with the yellow arrows that direct you where you need to go because often you're making your way through cities or across hilltops that don't really have a clear path. And so you really learn to rely on and spot these guideposts. And without them, God only knows where you'd end up, you know? So I think another essential element of pilgrimage is having these signposts, the history of pilgrims who went before you, who left these signs to show you how to follow in their footsteps. We're all so dependent on that in our day-to-day life, both in, in the journey of faith, but also in other things, whether it's our professional life or navigating family challenges. Um, we need to rely on our loved ones who have gone ahead of us and even the saints and people who centuries before experienced the same challenges and the same joys and not only left us words of wisdom to read, but now can intercede for us from heaven. So um, these kinds of guides who have left physical signs on earth, but continue to be for us, you know, like Beatrice was for Dante in the Divine Comedy, um, people who show us where we can be walking. Yeah. Implicit in that is the fact that you're not choosing your own path. Mm. You're following the path in front of you and you're also following where others lead you. So you're giving up a sense of control that perhaps was illusory anyway. It's an adventure. It's a beautiful adventure. Mm -hmm. And you do have a sense that you know more or less what the destination is. Like you're not going on a pilgrimage to nowhere. Also, you're not following the signs and suggestions of some random untrustworthy stranger. The destination, you haven't reached it yet. You don't really know where it is and it's not of your choosing, but it is something that's a trustworthy promise. I think that's an important part of it. Yeah. So maybe we should talk a little bit about what we want this podcast to be about beyond the general theme of journeying together towards the one who loves us. I would say at the highest level, we hope to explore the relevance of our faith and of church teaching to the modern world. And in that process, grow in our awareness of Christ's presence. What would you add to that? Accepting some of the challenges that come with being a countercultural presence in society. So rejecting postmodernism and the many pitfalls that are common in our peers and even our own lives. Another topic we really want to explore is the rich cultural and intellectual life of the church, which has so much to offer to each one of us, um, whether it's literature, church history, philosophy. Um, we're all huge nerds who love, love to explore these things. Yeah, and I think in a real way, we want every topic to engage our daily lives because we're all living regular lives and we, we want to experience Christ together and, and in our reality. And I think in that sense, we're really inspired by communion and liberation, a movement that we're all a part of. Um, and I heard a priest talking about CL recently, and he had, in his words, I suppose, summed up, Jusani's task as recognizing that Christianity answers a question that nobody's asking anymore and how do we invoke the question again and that's really stuck with me that the truth in that that most people think they've moved on from any sort of religious sense and yet they haven't and that makes itself so apparent to us and we can talk about all the ways it has in the pandemic and how just nothingness and nihilism 
can force its way into us and bring about that despair and contrastly that desire for the infinite. And I think that's a real hope is that we can just invoke the question again. Right. I love that summary. And there's nothing more incomprehensible than the answer to a question you're not asking. So it's so important to go back to that. And the promise, of course, is that there is an answer and an answer that we can find together. Because unlike, to go back to the poem, the poem ends with the lover fleeing and pacing upon the mountains and hiding his face in the stars, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this is the great fear of the soul, right? That you will find a love, but the love will escape will flee your grasp. And how beautiful that we can celebrate together that the questions of our hearts have an answer, and this answer is present in our midst, um, who did not flee to hide his face in the stars. I mean, he ascended to heaven, yeah, but, mm-hmm. but he remains present whenever we gather in his name um, or in the Eucharist or through the Holy Spirit. And as you mentioned, Adriana, in, in the details of our everyday life, we can confirm that. We can find evidence for it. Or find evidence against it. So there's this drama that comes to daily life when when you're looking for an answer whose face is right in front of you. Yeah, and I think that's what really provoked me about this poem is that Yeats isn't or wasn't as far as I know a Christian. He was very attracted to the occult. But all of his poems, he really tries to access the natural world. And I think, especially this poem, reveals... That desire for the infinite never left him. One thing that strikes me about the poem is I think he's reflecting on old age and that desire for youth. But I think with that desire for youth is this feeling of grasping the infinite that one often has in moments of youth. And he's coming to terms with age and growing old. Um, And there's a real sorrow there. And he's not afraid of acknowledging that and entering into that. And I think that's a much closer space to encountering Jesus than just numbing ourselves and kind of living feebly and satisfying our basic desires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it really evidences what Dusani calls the religious sense, right? Which is the fact that these desires and these longings and these tendencies are just a part of human nature. So even though Yeats was not religious in the way that we think of it, this poem shows that he's living his humanity. Mm. Yeah, his heart is like ours. Mm -hmm. Oh, fun fact about Yeats. He wrote this poem about a woman he wanted to marry, but who wouldn't agree to marry him ostensibly because he didn't share her radical nationalist political beliefs, but she ended up converting to Catholicism. So maybe there is something to this um, identification of the religious sense in Yeats that's frustrated in a certain way. And um, longing for her could also be a more direct way that he's longing for the promise that's contained within a creed. That's super interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, me either. So, yeah. Sophia, do you want to mention um, the outline of the podcast and how we hope to offer a real practical resource after each episode? Absolutely. Yeah. So our thought for the podcast was that we'd take one topic for each episode and really explore it in detail between two of us. 
And then at the end of the episode, offer a recommendation of something that you can do in your day-to-day life and some kind of um, literature or music or movie that you can engage with to see some of the themes that we've been talking about. So again, this is going back to the charism of Don Giussani, who in Communion and Liberation teaches us that the religious sense can be found everywhere, that nothing of life is off limits. None of the circumstances of your personal life, but also nothing in the broader culture is excluded from the human person's desire for and search for God. And so we're hoping to share both religious and secular recommendations with you and just start a conversation about where you see the pilgrim soul and how we can learn to live ever more deeply from this space within us. Yeah, and as we mentioned, we will usually have only two of us hosting because of the difficulties in our time zones and our schedules. So you'll have me and Adriana, me and Sophia, or Sophia and Adriana more often than the three of us together. Mm-hmm. Well, anything else you want to say before we go? Yeah, I think just know of our prayers for you in this upcoming week, and we hope to see you here next week. We are so excited to be taking this journey with you. You can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. We can also be found on our show's Instagram page and our show's email, which are both found in the show notes. Thanks, everyone.